Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Happy Easter. Uh, that seems a maybe a strange thing to say uh, today. It, it doesn't feel like Easter for many of us. We're we're not gathered uh, together. We're not in a place where uh, things are familiar. We're not uh, around friends and family and, and those that we love. For many of us, this will be one of the first Easter's in a, in a while that we're spending it by ourselves. And it, it just it may not feel like Easter, like the day that we celebrate the risen King. Easter is a time where we typically celebrate. We typically will get together and, and we'll, uh, we'll relish the fact that Jesus did rise again. He did defeat death, hell, and the grave. But for many of us, this probably feels more like Good Friday or or the Saturday in between. A time of confusion, a time where we're not really sure what is going on, what's gonna happen. And I wanna speak to that today. Uh, maybe uh, a little more pastorally uh, than I would typically on an Easter service because I know if you're like me, many of us right now are feeling strange. Uh, we're feeling moments of, uh, of reflection, moments of, of fear, moments of doubt, moments of confusion. And I can just imagine that's how the disciples felt so long ago, breathlessly awaiting what might happen next. We know they didn't really have a good idea. They didn't have a grasp. Uh, they, they didn't have... Uh, the plan ahead of them. They, they didn't have uh, the book that's already written. They, they didn't know what was going to happen. And I can now, maybe more than ever, uh, imagine the disciples scared. Imagine them fearful. Imagine them crestfallen. Experiencing loss. And I'm sure if you're anything like me, you've been dealing with some of those emotions uh, for some time. And I think it would be uh, very inauthentic uh, to just pretend like things are normal on this uh, Easter. And I've been wrestling with, uh, just not myself, but, but others as well and in other churches, what do we do and how do we, how do we celebrate in the midst of this and do we celebrate and, and, and what do we do? And, and everyone seems to be coming to the same conclusion. It's like, we, we should just probably be honest. We, we should be, we should be honest about what we're feeling, about what we're going through. And so today I'm, I'm gonna talk to you just briefly uh, about what the Lord has been doing with me. Uh, and, and maybe he's been doing this with you as well. Uh, you see, oftentimes when we're still, uh, when, when, when we're in a place where we, we have to be quiet and we have to lay down as we talked about last week where 
where he's forcing us uh, into a place of submission, into a place uh, of, of, you know, helplessness. It's in those places that other things begin to, to pop up, uh, begin to, to be made known uh, to us. And, and it's, his, it's his grace that he does this, by the way. He, he disciplines, he, he prunes, he, he loves us. And he wants, he wants us to experience life uh, and a resurrected life of that to the full. And if you're anything like me, I, I think probably during this time uh, of uncertainty, and now we're in it, just this extended period of, of time where we're not sure what's going to happen, what's going, how much longer this is going to last, and, and maybe all of your numbing techniques have worn off, and, and maybe now you find yourself still. Maybe finally, maybe for the first time. And uh, it's in those places of stillness that he begins to, to bring things to the surface, begins to, to bring things inside of us that maybe we haven't dealt with yet, that he wants to bring up so that he can begin to heal those places. You see, he wants to heal those places in you. Uh, he, he doesn't want you uh, to walk around experiencing uh, the hurt, the loss, the rejection, the frustration, the, the, the deaths. He doesn't want those feelings to continue to, to lord over you. You know, feelings are, are, are not bad. God felt. Um, he, he, he had emotions, and, and emotions and feelings are, are good things. Uh, but they make really good servants. Uh, they should work for us. Uh, they shouldn't control us. But for many of us, we're, we're controlled by our feelings. They're, they're masters. They're, they're not our servants. And and because of that, we, we tend to live life somewhat reactionary to, to, to all of the different pains and hurts that, that we may have had over our lives. And on one side of the spectrum, um, we may push our feelings away because we don't want to deal with them. Uh, but they'll continue to kind of crop back up and, and, and pop back up and in the worst possible times. And I would say probably in these times, uh, especially, they're, they're starting to bubble up and, and you don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, you're feeling these things and you're dealing with these things that you just didn't know were even there. And then on the other side there, there are those of us that we seem to, to can't, we can't get out of our feelings. We, we can't move past what we feel. We, we, we can't move into the knowledge of what we know. We, we're, we're stuffed in by, by all of those things, our pains and our hurts and our past, and, and we just can't escape uh, the bondage of those. And the good news today is that Jesus wants to free us from, from both sides of those things. The scriptures tell us, and we're going to read it in a minute, he, he bore our, our sorrows on the cross. And he didn't just do that uh, as, as a great idea. He, he did that in, in the resurrection he, he, and, the, and the crucifixion. He took on our hurts and our sickness and our griefs and, and our sorrows and our pain and our guilt and our shame and our sin. And he, and he took those things inside of him. And he took those things all the way through the process of death into resurrection so that we can begin to experience the life that's provided to us through his act on the cross and through his act in, in resurrecting. You see, he, he wants us to experience a resurrected life. That's his plan. And, and it's going to be hard because the deal with resurrection and the only way to get to a resurrection 
is if there's first to death. And nobody wants death. We're in the middle of celebrating Passover as well. And, and, and you, you think about Passover, and, and for many of us, it's a time of celebration. But let's don't forget what happened at Passover. There's tremendous amounts of death. And so it is with the resurrection. There has to be a death. And so in thinking about that, I, I wanted us to, to, to talk about what we can do now, here. Earlier this week, uh, I went on a, a long walk, and I do this from time to time, and, and it's a couple of hours, and, and it's a long walk, and there's no headphones involved, and it's just me and the Lord. And often what I do is I just say, what would you like to talk about? And honestly, and I'll just be completely transparent, when I began this walk, uh, in my mind, God was going to talk to me about today. Uh, he was going to talk to me about today, and, and then hopefully he was going to reveal like some crazy prophetic strategies and all of these things that I could come with the answer because I, I wanted to have the answer. And I began the walk and, and I actually, I, and I typically do, I'll say, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And uh, as he does so often, uh, he said, I want to talk about you. And I said, well, I, I don't want to talk about me. Uh, it's enough already with me. I've been with me way too much. My family's been with me way too much. I've had enough of me. Everyone's had enough of me. But he persisted. And, and so he said, I, I want to talk about you, and I, I want to talk about your heart. Well, that's the last thing I, I wanted to talk about in regards to me, because I'm, I'm on this end of the spectrum. I, I don't like to, to deal with stuff like that. But he's God, after all, and I'm not. I try to remember that. And so I said, okay, fine. And he said, there's a lot of places in your heart right now that you have experienced tremendous amounts of hurt, tremendous amounts of loss, and your heart needs to be healed. And I'd like to begin to heal your heart from different things. And, and I've said this before in, in, in the church building when we've had sermons and all of that, nine times out of 10, the only thing the pastor is preaching you about is what he's been dealing with. So this, this is gonna be no, no different on this Easter Sunday. So he began to tell me and show me all of the places in my heart where I honestly didn't realize I had experienced hurts and, and griefs and sorrows and, and sadness and losses. And, and, and there were parts of me that were angry. Uh, there were parts of me that were tremendously angry, tremendously hurt, tremendously uh, unforgiving. And, and honestly, most of it was at him. And he's so kind, he's so gentle. He can take that. In fact, he did take that over 2,000 years ago. And so he began to walk me through this, this process of, of revealing to me, uh, like the psalmist writes, he was searching the, my heart and showing me all of the places that he needed to intervene with his healing power. And I found, found myself, after going through this, I mean, all of a sudden I'm, I'm experiencing these hurts and these emotions and these wounds and these, this anger that I didn't realize was, was there. And, I'm crying and I'm probably looking ridiculous to people and I'm walking, uh, you know, now we're, I'm like an hour into the walk and I'm, I'm just, I'm mad. It's, it's basically what it boils down to is, is I, I'm just sort of mad and, and I'm honestly kind of mad at God. And, and so he said, basically you need to begin to confess these things to me, these hurts. And so I, I did, I started confessing them. That was easy once I started going. Uh, I began to confess them 
and I began to, to talk to him uh, in a very real way. And I just want to encourage you that our God is big enough to handle all of the emotion, all of the anger, and all of the frustration, all of the hurt, all of the fear that you're feeling right now. The thing I love so much about our faith, so much about our scriptures, so much about the stories of the Old Testament, so much about the Psalms, uh, is that they give us a roadmap of how to be honest and real before the Lord. We don't have to fake it. And we especially don't have to fake it today. And so we're not going to. He took me through this process and, and by the end of it, I was, I was a mess. I was angry and I was sad and I was confused and frustrated and I'm the kind of where I, when I cry I don't feel better after I cry I just my, my throat hurts and eyes are runny and it's it's not very cathartic for me and so I didn't like that and at the end of it I said well now what what do I do now and I'll be honest with you I, I didn't want to repent I, I didn't feel like I needed to a lot of my issues I felt like were with God which is presumptuous because again he's God and I'm not. And so I got to the point where I said, so now what? And I even told him, I said, I, I don't want to repent. I don't want to ask forgiveness for things that I, I don't feel like I, I need forgiveness for. If there's anything I've been with God most of my life, it's been honest. And he said, well, what did, what did Jesus do on the cross? What were his last words? And so I, I had my phone and I pulled up the different Gospels, and, and I pulled up uh, Matthew, and I went to Matthew first, and so I'll, I'll read Matthew, and this is, this is one of Jesus' last recorded things that he said on the, on the cross, and in Matthew, this is Matthew, uh, this is Matthew chapter 27, and this is verse 46, and in it he says, he cries out, it says, and he cries out, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it hit me, it hit me pretty hard that my Savior, my Lord, has experienced what I'm experiencing and what you're experiencing. He's experienced loss and suffering. He's experienced pain and hardship. And he's experienced it all without an answer. On the cross, there was no answer from, from heaven. There was only suffering. There was only pain. And we have a picture with Jesus. See, Jesus is our prototype. It's what we've always said. And we have this picture with Jesus that says, you can say to God, why? Why have you, why have you done this? Why are we here? Why are we experiencing this loss? Loss of a job, loss of hope, a loss of maybe a loved one, a loss of health, a loss of freedom, a loss of, of finances, a, a loss of certainty, a loss of retirement, a, a loss of all kinds of things. And we have this picture of Jesus on the cross who, who actually addressed this right before he, he died. He said, why have you forsaken me? See, on the cross, he, he actually bore it. Not just our sin, not just our sickness. He bore our sorrow. I, I want to read to you out of Isaiah 
chapter 53. I'm, I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm, I may read into chapter 54. And I, I feel like it's Easter and we could use with some scripture right now. Because this is the words of life. And, and when scripture is read out loud and it's read over people, it becomes active and living and breathing and it begins to do work that nobody else can do because this is the holy utterances of a holy God. And so I'm going to read it. Chapter 53, it says this. And this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the prophets, written in the book of Isaiah about Jesus and what he was doing on the cross on Friday as we sit here on the Sunday where he rose again. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I love that he says the arm of the Lord. It reminds me in, in the book of Acts where they said, Would you stretch out your hand and heal? And do great wondrous works there's just this incredible picture of god's arm not being too short even right now wherever you're at it's it's not too short his arm is long enough to extend to you and so who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground he has no form or comeliness and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him and he was despised and we did not esteem him Surely he has borne our griefs, and he's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet he pleased him, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. See, on the cross, he takes it all. Not just our sin, but everything that we're feeling right now. And on the cross, he gives us a picture of what we're to do now. You see, if he's a prototype, we need to begin to follow his lead. 
And so the first thing we need to do is be honest with the Lord right now on Easter. We need to take time and say, Lord, there's, there's places where, honestly, I, I just don't know. I feel like you've forsaken me. I feel like you've left me. I, I feel like there, there's no hope. I, I feel all of these things. And, you know, I heard the other day, and it was a great thing to hear, and it said, when you can't see the hand of God, you should trust the heart of God. But for many of us, if we're honest, we don't trust the heart of God right now. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem here. For many of us, it may not even seem real. And for some of us, we may have never experienced the goodness of God. Or at least that we understand. But on the cross, he bore that. And so I believe the Lord is giving us an outline, uh, a way forward, a path forward here. Because here's what I know. I know that a resurrection is coming. I know that because of what Jesus did on the cross, his death and his resurrection, that there is a hope for us. The signs of life are breaking through all the time. And he began a revolution in the way everything functions and everything works when he stepped out of that grave. And so as we're here in a place where we feel like we're maybe in a tomb, we, we have to know that it may feel like Saturday. It may feel dark. But there's a Sunday that's coming. And we don't know when. We don't know why. We don't know how. But the Lord wants us to be honest with him. And he wants us to come to, with, with him to the cross. And he wants us to say, why have you forsaken me? And begin to confess all of those places in our heart that we don't trust him, that, that have been bruised, that have been hurt, that have been abandoned, that have been forsaken, that we've had our family and our friends and, and, our, and people that we've trusted turn away, maybe where we've, we've prayed for something over and over, maybe a healing, maybe a sickness is, 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 in, is in a loved one, and, and it, it just doesn't seem to be happening. And, and, and we may be seeing his goodness in other places, but for this and for the thing that we care about most, it's just, it seems non-existent. The Lord is saying to us now, today, during this time, he wants to heal your heart from places of pain, of loss, and of hurt. Because if you don't get those places healed, they'll be with you. And those places will begin to rule over you. And those places can't be restored and resurrected without going to the cross and experiencing death. So the first thing we do is we say, why have you forsaken us? And then the very next thing that Jesus is reported saying, and this is from Luke, and he's on the cross, and he says uh, in, in the very last thing, this is Luke uh, chapter 23, verse 46, he says this in a loud voice. He says, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. Once we confess all of those places in our hearts that are hurt, all of those fears, all of those anxieties, all of those worries, all of those pains, all of those frustrations and anger and brokenness and sin, we have to give it to him. And he has to take it. And we have to die 
See, resurrection sounds great. It sounds wonderful. Until it gets to our hopes. Until it gets to our dreams. And we realize, wait a minute, in order for us to first experience a resurrected life, even those things have to die. Even those places that we walk around and we carry, the hopes of restored relationship that someone who's been dead for so long, it's, it's never gonna happen. We still carry those things, right? And for our hopes to be restored and resurrected, they have to die. And he said this to me too. And I said, why? Why can't you just fix it? And he said, listen, there's one God here and it's not you. And that's true. And it doesn't really matter what you believe. He's God. We're not. So, we have to take those to him. And just like our Savior did on the cross, we say, why have you forsaken me? And here is all of my confessions. Here, here is all of my hurts, all of my bruises, all of my sickness, all of the things that I don't understand. And he takes those things and he puts them on the cross. And when they're nailed to the cross, and he, he then buries them. And I mean bury them. And you're not gonna know what's going on. You're not gonna know what happens next. But we do know that he is in the business of restoring all things and making everything new and just as now as spring is starting to come and, and signs of life are, are, are budding forth and, and bursting forth for some of us so so for us we'll begin to see hope spring forth you see we have no hope this is what the apostle paul says if it's not for his death and his resurrection it's the only thing that we have hope in and he wants you to begin to have hope so i did that this week I just said, well, then take it. And there was no resolve. There, there was no aha moment. There was nothing, honestly. And I was left in that place where I felt like I was in a tomb. And I was walking and dealing with that and praying through that. And this was in well into hour, we were going into hour three at this point. And I was walking and, and praying and, and, you know, we're supposed to keep our distance, right? And, uh, this this elderly man was coming up and it was kind of in this place where I had to go up on a hill so I could Stay six feet away from him and I was really in my head and praying and in a weird spot and um, And I said, you know, hey, how you doing and all of that and the man said uh, All of a sudden out of the blue. He just said I can't even walk very well my I have neuropathy in my feet and I said Okay, great because I knew Part, part of the thing that we have to do is continue to do the stuff that Jesus did. That means on the cross, and that also means when he's walking around. And Jesus is the healer. So I said, well, can I pray for you? And I'll stay here and you stay there. And, uh, and so I did. And he was very grateful. And sure enough, the healer showed up. And the feeling returned to his feet. And he was amazed and I was upset, <laughs> to be honest with you, because he wouldn't even let me stay in the tomb for more than five minutes until he began to remind me 
He really is good. He really, really is good. And listen, I don't understand his ways. I, I don't have an answer for why we're going through this. I don't have an answer for when we're, we're gonna get out of it. I just know that I can trust him because he's good. And he doesn't do things the way that I would like for them to be done. But he's good. And so on Easter, here in quarantine, in the midst of an unknown, where we feel like we're maybe, maybe in Gehenna, maybe in Gethsemane, we don't feel like we're coming out of a tomb. We feel like we're in a tomb. I just wanna remind everyone that resurrection is coming for every, everyone and everything. And there will be a day when, when the dead in Christ will rise again, when, when all of this is over, when, when there will be no more sickness and, and no more disease and, and, and no more tears and, and no more pain and no more sorrow. And that's only possible because on Easter he rose. He came out of the tomb. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Right now, many of us are gonna to begin to experience life come in. Uh, I believe that there are those of us right now that are getting healed. Uh, if you have neuropathy, try it out. I bet that's gone. He's just the healer. He's just that good. And we don't understand. We'll, we may never understand this side. But I know that he lives. And I know that he's good. And I know that one day, we'll be able to share in his resurrection fully. So I want to leave you with a prayer. And this is what I, I want you to pray because, listen, we're going to come out of this. At some point, this is going to be over. But what if we could come out of this with more parts of our bodies resurrected than not? What if we could come out of this with our emotions resurrected, with our, with our past resurrected, with our, with our hopes resurrected, with our hurts resurrected, and, and begin to experience a life that's been made new because of what he did on the cross. So I, I want us to pray, and so if you could just begin, just hold out your hands. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come in a greater power, in a greater measure than he was previously. And so we're just gonna say, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in here, into, into our hearts, into our reality into our rooms, into our spaces. Would you come? Even now you're gonna to begin to feel a peace that, that's gonna to begin to, to rest in your heart. There's gonna be a warmth for many of us that's gonna begin at our feet, it's gonna travel up. There's gonna be for some of us, there's gonna be some of us he's gonna to begin to, to, you're gonna sense tingling in your hands and, and um, you're just, your hands are gonna to begin to feel hot. That's the Holy Spirit, he's coming on Easter. Now, Lord, there are places in our hearts that we don't even know are there. Would you search us? Would you know us? Would you be the healer? Would you lead us into this process of confession, confessing our, our sins, confessing our shortcomings, confessing our hurts and our feelings? And we confess those and we give those to you. We release all of those pains into your hands and we commit them. And we allow those places to die. Our hopes and our dreams, our plans, we're gonna put those on the cross too. 
so that you can raise us up again anew. So that you can raise us up and resurrect us with new hope, new life, new callings, new destinies. But we can't experience your calling and your destiny and your plans without our plans having a death. And so we just, we do, we nail those things to the cross so that we can experience your life and resurrection. Can I just encourage you to continue to pray that over these next few days, maybe these next few weeks, maybe these next few months. The Lord wants to begin to heal, not just physically, but those places inside of you. Now listen, if you have never made the journey with Jesus, if you've never bowed your knee and made him king, if, if you've never submitted yourself, if you've never asked forgiveness for your sins, if you've never given him your life, Easter Sunday during a quarantine in a pandemic is a really good time to do so. And he will visit you and, and he will begin to minister to you and, and he will begin to make you his disciple. And I just want to encourage you to do that. If, if that's you and you don't have a home church or, or you don't know what to do, listen, if you go to our Facebook page, we have uh, online new believer classes. You can sign up for those and we'll begin to walk you through what it means now that to be a new creation and, and what it means to be on a journey with Jesus through life and what it means to make him Lord and to make him king. It means that you won't be, but that's good news. Uh, for some of us, you're sick and you're scared. We have online healing rooms. Uh, we have signups that are on right now on our Facebook page. We wanna encourage you uh, to go there, sign up. Uh, I, I've been getting reports actually since I came back from that walk uh, of amazing healings. People coming off of dialysis machines that we prayed for earlier. Uh, people's diabetes beginning to go away and level out. Um, tremendous amounts. Someone with cancer uh, has been healed. Uh, the Lord is in the business of healing and resurrecting right now, especially. So sign up for one of those. Uh, get prayer from somebody. And, uh, and, and I want you to remember that Jesus is in the business of resurrection. And so those places that you're feeling like are dying, in the upside down kingdom, that's good news. Because that means that there's resurrection coming. Church, we love you. We can't wait to gather back together with you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Go and have a wonderful Easter Sunday. In peace and in blessings, we pray for you every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. For all upcoming events and more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening.